0: Occasionally, I'll get an acquaintance or a potential client in with me for a first meeting, ask me, hey, what should I invest in? Perhaps they'll show me one of their investment statements from where they currently are, you know, five minutes into the conversation and say, hey, you know, based on this, what you see here, like, what changes should I make? Where should I be investing? And what they're looking for, right, is it's called investment selection. They want to know precisely where should we invest. And obviously, we talk a lot about general investing principles and some of the things that are going to be true across the board for everyone and a lot of those big picture things that we discuss often on this podcast and and in the blogs and videos and all that other things. But at the end of the day, each one of us needs to actually invest in something specific. Right. We either need to invest in companies or in bonds or in funds of companies and bonds and CDs and all these other things. And and, and we talk a lot about the big picture. And at the end of the day, we need to actually select an investment. Right. And so, so what people are often asking me to do is like, what are those specifics? But we need to lay a whole foundation before we can give any answer. Then other than it depends. Because that's, that's always going to be my answer when someone without any of that foundation laid, without any of that preamble says, what should I invest in? Or this is how I invested. How should it be changed? And so we need that foundation before we can talk about anything else. And so we want to cover investment selection. I'm going to cover it next week. And we're going to talk about some of the ways how we should not do investment selection, how we should not be choosing our actual investments, and some of the ways that we should be. But before we do that, we need to make sure that we're all on the same page with that foundation, which is what we're going to talk about this week. And so, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, or watching our videos, or reading the blog, or whatever else, or read the book, you're going to have heard some of this before, but we cannot. Understate these things, right? Because there's tons and tons of media out there, tons and tons of, of, of the financial pornography network that are constantly going to be telling you. Pay attention only to investments. Only pay attention to the investments you're selecting. That's all they talk about. All they seem to care about is which funds are going to outperform and then the best rated funds and all these things and all of the attention. If it's not on the general market itself and on the general economy and whether or not it's going to crash or do well, it's on specific investments and which ones you should or should not be in. And so there's going to be this poll for you to constantly be looking at the exact specific investments you're in and to ignore some of these greater foundational principles. And so we want to come back to it. So even if none of this is new information, if you've listened to everything I've ever talked about or if you're a client of mine, you will know probably all of this these things. But we want to, again, just lay them out succinctly and to make sure that we're on the same page before we step into that investment selection Conversation next week. So what we're going to talk about today is investing order of operations, right? What are the things that we need to do in order before we can get to the point where I can answer these are the exact investments that you should be invested in. All right. So there's seven aspects, seven steps that we need to take. The last one of which is investment selection. So let's look at the other six first, right? So number one, we order of operations number one is we need to clearly define the goal. One of Operations, number one, is the goal, right? We must f- clearly establish what we're trying to do. What are we trying to achieve, right? Are, are we trying to fund kids' college? Are we trying to retire with independence and dignity in five years, 10 years, 50 years, uh, tomorrow? Uh, are, are we trying to outperform the, our friend at the YMCA locker room over the next month, right? What we're trying to do and the goal we're trying to invest for clearly matters, in how we would select our funds and do all the other steps. And so we must begin with the end in mind, right? Where are we trying to go? And only then can we answer all of these things. So, you again, money is not the goal, and nor is investing for investing's sake, the goal. We don't just invest to invest. We invest because we have something out there, a why that we're trying to get to. And if we don't know the why behind why we're investing, then we're not gonna be able to answer the how we should invest. So after we've clearly defined that goal and we have that in mind, we then create a plan to get there. And so our order of operations number two is the plan. You know, a goal without a plan is just a wish. And that statement's a a little campy, but it's absolutely true. And a lot of people, they, they have what they think are goals and they have no designs, no action steps, no orders in order for how to get there. And so we need to a plan to actually achieve the goal that we laid out in step one. You know, investments and the specific investments we choose will be a component of that plan, certainly, but there's a lot of other things that we need to do first. And far too many people have a portfolio with no plan. And a portfolio is not a plan, right? Almost everyone has a portfolio of some kind. They've got a a collection of investments that maybe they know why, and maybe they don't understand why they have what they have. But almost everyone has a portfolio of some kind. If you have any investments, any 401ks, Roth IRAs, anything, you definitely have a portfolio already. We, we, that, that's true, but a portfolio is not a plan and you need the plan before the portfolio. And we do well again to always remember that because most of the focus tends to be on the specific investments in the portfolio rather than the plan. So when the goal is clearly established and the plan is formulated for how to get there, we then fund the plan with a portfolio. And that's order of operation number three, right? Then we construct the portfolio. A portfolio is a collection of investments that give us the best chance to achieve our goals. There's no guarantees. Uh, Past performance of certain portfolios or funds don't, of course, guarantee future returns and so we we can't know all investing is uncertain even even uh, investments that that purport to be certain right hey we will guarantee that we'll pay you three percent or four percent or five percent or whatever over this amount of term even those things that that appear to be certain there are other factors such as taxes or inflation or other things that can change and make that investment in fact uncertain and so it's always going to be uncertain so we need to just Realize that going in, and pick the portfolio, construct a portfolio that gives us the best chance of achieving our goals, knowing that that absolute certainty is impossible. And so we're going to look at you know what has maybe historically given people the greatest chance of achieving these goals, and and build it that way, and 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 things that we believe going forward will give us a similar chance of reaching our goals. Um, but we you know and, and so then you know before we can select those specific investments inside that portfolio though, before we can get to that point, we first must determine our asset allocation. And that's step number four. Order of operations number four is asset allocation. So we got, you know, we know the goal, we created a plan to get to the goal, which includes investments. So then we're going to create a portfolio to fund that plan. And the first step in that portfolio is to determine our asset allocation. And asset allocation is the amount of money that we have allocated between various asset classes most notably right it's our alloc- allocation between buying ownership shares of the best businesses in the world aka investing in the stock market buying stocks or equity funds now, you know so you know what's our allocation towards buying ownership shares of the best companies in the world versus loaning our money to governments and those same companies right buying bonds bills, CDs, those kind of things. That's really what it comes down to, right? How much are we going to be an owner of the best business in the world? And how much are we going to loan to be a loaner to the best businesses and to those governments? And, and absolutely, you know, asset allocation absolutely cannot be done without a goal and a plan. It just, it's just not possible to do it correctly without those things. Of course, you're going to have an asset allocation. You're going to default to something if you haven't done those things, right? And if you If you've uh, been working for a long time and you've got a 401k and you've never done any planning, maybe you're just dipping into learning about it, right? You have a portfolio, you have an asset allocation, and it's probably the default one, a target date fund or something else, which you were just thrust into because you didn't choose yourself. But to do it well, to have the the correct asset allocation, you absolutely need to know the goal and have a plan and all those things, because when you need the money is totally going to determine what your asset allocation is, right? What's the money going to be used for? What's what's the goal? If you're going to need the money in six months uh, for a down down payment on a house or something else, right? We're probably not going to invest that money in Chinese startup companies. Just probably not going to do that. That's not going to be smart. But in the same way, if if our goal is to create a retirement income that's going to outpace inflation, outlive us, and outperform others, then having a huge portion of that in in, in asset classes or in investments that barely you know, do better than the cost of living, grow faster than the cost of living, that's just not going to work out for us. We need to do better than that. So depending on what your goal is, how far it is out, the length of that goal, right? We, We often say around here, you know, retirement is not the goal. When we're saving for retirement, we're not saving for one point in time, but rather that's the midway point, the halfway point in a marathon. We still have two or three decades beyond that. And so, you know, is it just one specific point in time, like putting a down payment on a house? We only need the money at exact point in time, or are we investing for a range of time, such as retirement or even college, right? Could be a four-year range of time. So all those things, what the goal is for, what the money is for, the plan, all that severely dictates what our asset allocation is going to be. And that's why we need to do these things in this order. And so if we're going to be investing for the long-term, right, you know, um, we, we just need to be invested differently for the long-term than for short-term. Right. And and for, you know, we're going to retire, you know, for a lot of us, we're, we're investing for the day we retire and the two or three decades after that. And, and we need to have, a big portion in the best business in the world, if we're going to do that properly. And so the percentage of your money that is invested in equities is the largest technical determinant of your long-term investment growth, right? The percentage of your money that you have invested in the best businesses in the world in equities is the largest technical determinant of your long-term growth. And that's why asset allocation, once you get in the portfolio, that's the biggest factor that you can look at. How much of those two things can we do, equities versus fixed income. And it also depends then, you know, obviously it depends on the plan, but it also depends heavily on this overarching caveat, which is your behavior, which we talk a lot lot about here. But again, if you're new, maybe this is the first time you're hearing about this, that your financial behavior is the number one factor in whether you achieve your financial goals and succeed in investing. Just hands down. It's the number one factor. And it's not talked about enough, right? There, you know, there's, there's, uh, no investment selection we can make. We're going to talk about that next week. What do we actually choose in investments? But there's no investment selection that you can make that's going to make up for flawed financial behavior, right? Owning the best performing fund doesn't matter if you got in at the top and and panic out at a bottom. And so that just has to be the overarching theme. We're going to talk about that a little bit next week. And and, what you'll notice right before this, right? As I said, asset allocation is the largest technical determinant, right? Of all the things that we can measure very easily in all the financials, asset allocation is the biggest portion. But behavior is the largest overall factor in your success. And it's more challenging to measure, right? Than, than historical investment performance, but it's undoubtedly more important, right? And the greater your percentage that you have in equities in the best business in the world the more volatility you're going to have there the more growth you're going to have all these other things the more important your behavior is but assuming that your behavior is perfect we are, we've talked a lot about this in, in other times so I'm not going to go into it too much now but assuming that your behavior is perfect right and likely through the guidance of an empathetic or but tough-loving investment advisor right behavioral investment advisor assuming that that's perfect and your asset allocation is now chosen, right? We've decided based on the plan, all these things, this is the percentage we want in businesses, and this is the percent we want in fixed income. Then we need to examine our diversification within the asset classes, right? So a lot of people use the term diversification to mean like, oh yeah, I'm diversifying between bonds and stocks. That's not diversification, that's asset allocation, right? that's a different thing. Diversification is then inside of your equities, inside of your stocks, and inside of your fixed income, your bonds, CDs, all those kind of things, what what is the ratio of those different things, right? Inside of fixed income, what is the you know I've got you know twenty percent, forty percent in fixed income. Inside of there, how much do I have in long-term bonds, medium term bonds, government bonds, corporate bonds, bills, CDs, all those things, right? And the other hand, in in, in equities, how much do I have in large companies, small companies, growth companies, value, technology, healthcare, like whatever, however else you want to parse it down. That's what diversification is. So operation number five is to look at your diversification. You can only do that after you've decided how much you want in fixed income and equities, but then you got to go down farther and figure out how much we want inside of those things. And so, you know, you could determine in your asset allocation, hey, I want 80% of my money in invested in the best businesses in the world. Okay, well technically you could put 80 you know all that 80% just in Apple and you would still be you know have the right amount of equities in your portfolio but that would be dumb it'd be dumb to have that much riding on a single company that could go broke or could go down. And so we want to diversify, right? And it's not a new concept. If you you know investing at all, you know you need to diversify, spread out the the risk, spread out the growth across multiple different companies and, and you want to do that, right? So there's a lot of different companies, styles we can invest in, large, small, growth, value, etc. There's a lot of different debts we could buy, long-term, short-term, corporate, government, etc. And so we need to decide how much of each of those things do we want to do? But then still, again, you, so you might think that at that point, then you would be able to choose the exact investments, but there's still one more step in between knowing how much you want in each kind of investment and choosing the exact investment themselves. And that is order of operations number six, which is fees, right? And fees are a drag on performance, right? If you have a collection of companies that averages 10% and you have a 1% fee on that fund, you'll get 9%. Which is not a huge difference inside of one year, but that's a big difference over a lifetime. The difference between nine and ten percent over a lifetime adds up to be quite a bit. Now, fees aren't the only thing that matters. And there's some people that it seems like all they talk about is fees, 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 fees. Get rid of all your fees, don't pay a single thing in fees, get the absolute dirt cheapest funds you can get, manage them to yourselves, don't get any you know, don't pay for anything, because fees are all that matters. And that's not true. It's not all that matters, but it is important. But so give you an example, right? Uh which of the following is better? between two options, option A and B. Option A is investment strategy A charges a 1% fee and grosses an 11% average annual return. So you charge 1% and grosses 11%. Investment strategy B charges 0.1%, a 10th as much, right? And grosses 9% on average. Okay. Which is better? Well, clearly, option A is better, right? Ten percent, right? If you gross is eleven, you charge one, you you net ten percent is better than eight point nine percent, right? Gross is nine, charge is you get eight point nine at the end, right? It's, it's just that's just basic math. So fees aren't the only thing that matters, and I see a lot of a lot of public information, especially a lot of books that are aimed at the end investor in particular that say don't ever pay any fees, just get Vanguard's total market, stock market fund, pay 0.02% or whatever it is, and, and then you can avoid all fees and you're gonna have the best performance. And and then in the next paragraph, they say, um, you know, but then, you know, because the volatility is so high and you probably can't stay in there and watch your, your account drop by 40%, um, maybe put, you know, 40 to 60% of your money in bonds, which is going to average 6%. And so in their attempt to, to, to remove fees, they're going to invest in totally different asset classes, which is it's not the same, right? Asset class comes first, how much you have in, in between stocks and bonds are going to be a much bigger factor, much bigger determinant, in your overall growth and your overall ability to achieve your goals. And it is fees. That's why fees is all the way down at number six, instead of at number four. And so it is important, but it's not as important as some people let it out to be. But If everything else is equal, which it rarely is, but if it is, of course, you're going to want to choose lower fees. Everything else about two investment strategies, two uh, companies, two advisors, two whatever else is exactly the same. Choose the one with lower fees, right? Now that's not going to be exactly the same. There's other things that you need to, to factor in there right, And, and pay attention to, you know, where are those fees going? Right. Look at your all in fees. Who, 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 of all the fees that you're paying, where are they going to? Are a bunch going to middlemen like broker dealers? Are a bunch going to insurance companies or, or big wigs on Wall Street that aren't adding any direct value to you? Or are the fees you're paying? you know, giving you direct value, going to, uh, you know, to, to superior fund performance. Again, maybe it's a little bit more expensive of a fund, but it performs better than these other ones or has in the past and you hope it will continue to do so, right? Are they going to, you know, a, a financial planner who's helping you plan out all of these things and save taxes and, and, and plan for retirement and, and help you manage your behavior so that you can collect on on those higher returns equity. So, just you know, how much fees are you paying, and where are those fees going, and are you directly benefiting from paying those fees, or are they just going out to other people who have their hands in the pie but aren't giving you anything? So, those are the the two points on uh, fees. So. You've got your goals, you know why you're investing. You've got a plan to get there. You've got a portfolio to fund the plan. You are you know the asset allocation you should have, the percentage between being an owner of the best businesses in the world and being a lower owner to those companies and to the governments. And we have good diversification inside of those. We have spread it all out. It's not all in one company or one fund type. It's across multiple different kinds. And all else being equal, we're paying the lowest fees possible. Then, and only then, do we get to number seven, investment selection. You've got all those things, you figured all that out. Now, which exact funds precisely should we be invested in? And that's what we're going to cover next week. I'm excited to see you then and talk about it. We'll see you next week. Cheers. If you enjoyed that, you would love being part of our free membership community. It's called retire membership and there's a host of benefits all for free. For example, you can always buy my book 3D Retirement Income on Amazon. But if you join us at Retire Membership, we will send you either a hard copy or paperback for free, provide the ebook and the audiobook so that you can listen to it if you don't have time to read it. In addition to that, we'll also provide you with a bunch of content that you can't get anywhere else. For example, we have our quarterly Retire Mentorship magazine which comes out quarterly and has no ads whatsoever. It's just timely content to help you stay the course. We also have workbooks for our free online workshop to help you get the most out of those. Flowcharts to help you make better decisions and a weekly email to provide timely content that you can unsubscribe from at any time.